Welcome to What If and Other Possibilities podcast. The emphasis of this podcast is on new technologies with a focus on grassroots and sustainability. The podcast is in the form of expert interviews with the experts providing deep insights into a new technology. And typically, these experts are from startup domains, uh, which are trying to break through into a traditional domain through the use of new technology. So the emphasis, therefore, is on directly impacting sustainability and grassroots development. Uh, through the use of new technology and then all the new concepts uh, in the form of a combination of technology and finance. So the final outcome is to find a viewpoint on how technology developments can rapidly translate from high-tech markets to grassroots in a rapid uh, time frame and in various financial and social models to make an immediate impact. So today's guest is uh, Ms. Sejal Agarwal. He is uh, working with the Uja Development Solution, India Private Limited. Uh, she's an impact manager there, and uh, she's here to help us understand how Uja subscription model or pay-per-use model is working, where uh, Uja is a game changer in bridging the gap between clean energy and smallholder farmers in India. So the organization is working at the intersection of clean energy and sustainable agriculture to make these accessible and affordable to smallholder farmers in India. So when we talk about smallholder farmers, their uh, capital requirements or their capital investments uh, are very limited. So they don't have immediate access to greatest and latest in technology. So typically they use animals for farming or they just don't have uh, enough energy or they're uh, dependent upon government supplied energy for uh, even uh, small things like supplying water to their fields and it becomes a problem and eventually it can lead to the financial difficulties. So Uja is definitely trying to make a difference where uh, there is an immediate need and there is a moral obligation as well. So the model of Uja is very attractive because of the low capital requirements for farmers. So in this case, farmers who cannot afford to invest in technology don't have to buy a technology, they can use it as they go. So that allows them to use latest technology as a fraction of cost that is comparable to their usual operation cost. So welcome, Seja. Uh, really excited to talk about uh, Uja. So uh, do you want to go further into what is Uja? Hi, thanks, Vikas, for having us here. And as you brightly said that Uja is cleanly working at the intersection of clean energy and sustainable agriculture. So this journey started in around 2016 when our co-founders, Mr. Amit Saraoghi and Dr. Clementine Chambaun, they uh, met at a climate entrepreneurship workshop in 2014, discussed their broad ideas about how they want to work together in this field of energy and make it accessible to the people who are not able to use these services, basically renewable energy uh, for their betterment. And then they uh, went into the idea of uh, exploring this mini grid sector. So uh, they initially started with providing uh, electrification in uh, to roughly 50 households in uh, a district of Uttar Pradesh. But when they started interacting a little more about what their problems are, what uh, specifically the need of these communities, primarily the farming community. So therein they come into this uh, broad idea of how irrigation services are a possible way, is a possible way wherein these farmers can change their uh, energy mode. They can switch from diesel to solar power as a source of their energy for irrigating their fields. And then around 2018, they started this journey of uh, providing pay-per-use solar irrigation services 
and uh, this is how they embarked upon this journey of transitioning from diesel energy to clean energy and making it accessible to the farmers of uh, smallholder farmers of india so i'll just say that when uh, we say smallholder farmers we mean farmers who own less than 2 acres of land and have their income roughly around 60000 inr per year or if we say 5000 inr per month uh, that's the way we classify our smallholder farmers so this is how uh, urja started and it has been working immensely around providing these services and as and when we interacted more so we, we started with the service of providing solar based mill services so uh, it's like we are already working in pre harvesting wherein we are providing them irrigation services but there are some post harvest stages also of how we can make this uh, usage of post harvest also in a clean energy format so these uh, solar mills came into existence and then uh, the cold storage that also uh, we started providing services of so if we talk about the three broad services that urja provides first is unnati unnati stands for the solar irrigation services second is ujwal ujwal stands for solar mill services and third is unnayan wherein we provide cold storage services all these are solar powered ones and along with this we also provide some farmer advisory related services to our customers to our farmers so that they can move their journey uh, towards a climate resilient agriculture sustainable agriculture in long term one way is definitely we are working on providing these uh, clean energy but at the same time if we can help them improve their practices or change their practices in a sustainable manner that leads to more productivity per acre and in boost their income at the same time so that's also our broad objective as this is quite exciting in the sense that it's not only the technology that you're providing but it's also a sustainable technology so uh it's uh, you don't have to depend on the grid uh, or the government supplier or, or the local electric supplier but uh, you can use the energy that you harvested from nature to supply uh for these farmers so uh, one important thing that uh, i wanted to further dwell on uh, for our listeners is uh, uh the small holder farmer definition so 5000 inr is roughly um it's a 1/16th of $1000 so it's less than $100 per month these farmers are making and uh, so clearly they cannot afford this technology and then when uh, but another aspect of it is how big is this market so do you want to shed some light on how I mean, how many of the farmers in india what fraction of farmers in india are small holder farmers Sure, Avika. So when we're talking about smallholder farmers, uh, it's roughly around three hundred million. Uh, sorry, thirty million farmers, smallholder farmers that we are talking about. Uh, when we are saying that they're dependent on diesel pumps for irrigation. So when we talk about this big number and we talk about their uh, costing, I mean their income as well, we realize that uh, making these services accessible and affordable to them is a big challenge because they. upfront acquisition cost of these services is quite high for them to go for yeah and then there there is environmental concern also if they start to use a lot of diesel then there is a lot of carbon black and then uh, uh, for example in uttarakhand there were uh, some floods uh, and they were attributed to carbon black being deposited onto 
the glaciers and then uh, glaciers absorbing extra heat. Uh, so that is clearly uh, a problem that uh, needs to be addressed uh, significantly. So, uh, so thanks for talking about this uh, inception of idea and uh, passion. Uh, so, and, and then, uh, do you want to talk a, a little bit more about Unati, Ujwal, and Unain? Uh, how these three things? Why you're focusing on only on these three things? And uh, uh, what what is the the top uh, priority right now? Sure. Uh, the actually the primary focus while we are going for these three activities is at this stage that we realize that irrigation is almost thirty percent when we are talking about the total cost that a farmer incurs in agriculture. Around twenty-five to thirty percent cost is uh, borne by the farmer for uh, these irrigation services, because when they rent a diesel pump, they have to pay its acquisition cost. The, I mean the rental costs, and they have to buy diesel, and the, we know that prices are soaring. I mean day by day, month by month, and it becomes an increasing cost for them. So we believe that if we are able to cut this or not cut, but reduce this cost to a great extent, this will help them save their time and efforts a lot. And that will indirectly uh, have a great impact on their incomes and saving as well. So that is the primary reason why we are going for uh, this pump. And for mills, I would say that uh, it's not the primary but secondary use of the energy that we are generating through the solar pumps that's being in uh, solar panels that are being installed along with these pumps. So there's a model that we work in. Uh, we work in the form of a cluster. So definitely operating one single solar pump at uh, in a village will not be feasible for us to go for since we are a for-profit company we have to look into our uh, cost structure we have to look into our uh, savings our revenues and everything along with providing these services to the farmers at an affordable prices so when we talk about this we have to uh, operate in a manner that it's sustainable for us so that we can continue providing these services to the farmers in an affordable manner so uh, we operate in the form of a cluster uh, wherein we go for installing around three to four pumps in a village definitely based on uh, i mean the criterias that should meet for installation of the solar pump and uh, if the community needs that they would like to have a mill in their own village because uh, and when we're talking about these solar pumps then definitely electricity is not that accessible to the farmers in these village and in these villages, if electricity is not there, then the, there are high chances that the mill would also be operating on diesel only. And again, that's a source of pollution for us. So if we can uh, go for transitioning that also from diesel to solar base, then it's an add-on thing we are trying to do to the community and to the society at large. So that's the way we went into so uh, these solar mills. And for coal storage, we feel that once the farmer has uh, harvested his produce, if it's a perishable item which cannot sustain for a long time, then there are high chances that they may go for stress selling. They don't want to sell because the prices are too low, but they don't have any storage facility, which can help them uh, you know, keep the produce for some time and then sell the produce and they can fetch some good price for it. So looking into these three uh, primary services, we realized that one is definitely we'll be able to utilize the energy we are producing from our solar panels. And second is we'll be able to somewhere uh, cut the cost of uh, irrigation for the farmers and also get them a good price by providing these cold solar services, which are generally located nearby to their mandis. 
So that gives them a, a transportation benefit as well. Well, thanks for sharing this. Uh, so uh, my next question is about more uh, personal stories that uh, you have experienced or Uja founders have experienced that excite you about the prospect of Uja's model. Any story of creating a difference or seeing something that is happening in the community? Yeah, definitely. There are many interesting stories uh, for this because uh, I mean, recently we had an independent third party assessment of our services wherein they interacted with around uh, 300 of our customers and collected their reviews of how our services are uh, affecting their lives and is it good or not. So they tried to ascertain many factors around it. And a farmer said that they have been able to increase their crop productivity because of it. Uh, one farmer said that initially they were not uh, doing agriculture on the whole land that they own. So, for example, if the farmer owns around, if we say 10 bigas of land, then uh, they were just farming on maybe some six or seven bigas of land because they were not able to get water at an affordable price for them. And uh, it's not just water they have to go for, they have to go for other inputs also seeds, fertilizers, insecticides, pesticides. It's the whole range of things they have to arrange for. So if we're able to cut the price of one of their in, uh, input, then definitely that's giving them a space to go for go it, uh, you know, in procuring other uh, inputs as well. So they were able to increase their area of cultivation. That was there. I remember I interacted with one of the farmer on uh, is Unati good for them or not? So they share that earlier when we used to rent a diesel pump, we have two or three labor were required to bring the diesel engine to uh, transport it from the vendor to their uh, land. Then they have to take that, they have to set up it, set it up, and then they start it. So they have to procure diesel. So there are multiple costs in terms of uh, uh, efforts and times also being invested in it. So now it's just a click away. He said that I just asked the pump operator that I want to fetch water. He schedules my irrigation based on uh, the timings that are available. And uh, then I just get water at a click of a button. So it's like it's that easy now. So the transition from setting up everything, taking that manual cost and efforts to just a click is a very big uh, thing for them. So that has bring, brought a set of uh, a, sense, uh, a sense of relief to them now. So there are some amazing stories uh definitely thank you thank you so much uh, and then what excites me about it is uh they don't have to uh, the service is available at their push of a button so uh so the logistics uh when we talk about the energy and then uh, the renewable energy especially uh for its delivery to the remote places, the last mile delivery is a big problem. So in this case, since you don't, you're providing the local energy and local usage and at uh, uh, significantly lower cost of logistics. So this is a significant prospect here. So uh, so that brings me to the next question. So what what is the most, uh, what are the most exciting areas of future growth you're looking in terms of your own company? Plus, uh, you know, what is going around in community, right? What is what is that macroeconomic uh, or macro system that is developing that you see is quite helpful? Uh, at present, we are trying to uh, connect with directly customers. So our mo uh, 
more of uh, connecting or operation is basically we are trying to reach directly to the customers and not uh, to businesses so we are trying to explore that area where we can go into this world of b2b and provide uh, these services uh, to the companies who can then connect with the smallholder farmers because somewhere definitely it's a great model we can go for so when i'm talking about affordability uh, it's uh, taking into consideration that farmers just in case of unnati farmers have to pay for every cubic meter they of water they pumped so if you are, if they are just using 5 cubic meter they have to pay only for those 5 cubic meter they don't have to uh, go for any other additional upfront cost uh, for acquisition uh, so that's the way we are trying to uh, address that area of affordability and we feel that as and when uh, things are growing and the way uh, we are talking about cop uh, Uh, conferences and other conferences that are talking about how we can make these renewable energies accessible to the uh, community at large, specifically those who cannot afford and access it due to uh, you know financial or uh, accessibility barriers. So uh, we feel that as we grow, we would like to reach out to more and more customers, uh, be it uh, a farmer directly, or we are also in, trying to engage with the farm or FPOs, farmer producer organizations, with some NGOs who are engaging with these farmers who can use our services, or we can work as a vendor for them. Uh, we can provide uh, install these services on their behalf, and definitely we can go for the revenue basis on that. So we are exploring different ways on how we can make these uh, mode of energies accessible to the smallholder community, and. are present we are just operational in india uh, in the sense that we are in uh, two states uttar pradesh and bihar and seven districts uh, across these two states but we also look forward to expanding ourselves to other uh, countries across the world where we feel that getting uh, i mean providing access to these services would definitely be a blessing to the farmers so that's the way we would like to expand our reach i i can definitely see the need uh, in other countries also because environment is affecting uh, is being affected by uh, the global growth and the corresponding pollution uh, that has affected uh, uh, and and then uh, your model of not only providing the technology but also adding technology in a more responsible manner and integrated with the very low carbon cost is a significant development so uh so this is this is interesting so uh another thing that i noticed uh, when you spoke about your future growth areas are fpos right which are farmer product uh, organizations uh am i am i right here fpos uh farmer producer organizations yes farmer producer organizations so these are uh, these are marketing organizations where uh, small a collection of small farmers come together to form a marketing body which uh, actually negotiates on their behalf and to tries to provide uh, not only the energy services but other services uh, produce and everything else and al- allows them to sell it in a market at the right price so this definitely is a great development and i feel like uh, uh, earlier in this podcast you talked about uh, unayan which was the cold storage service so this can definitely interface with uh, their selling practices true uh, i mean that's the way we are trying to approach because as we say that uh, connecting directly with customers 
definitely when when we explore some new areas there would be trust issues there would be credibility issues of what we are trying to do because uh when we set up our solar installation uh, uh panels and pump we take a patch of land we lease it with the farmer who is ready to give that land so there may be some sort of trust issues and confidence that we have to build over time. But when we engage with an FPO that FPO is uh, trying to do each and every legal process on their own, so they take up that responsibility on behalf of the smallholder farmers they may be engaging with. And that gives a sense of uh, trust to these smallholder farmers also. So uh, with that as one of our focus, we are trying to reach out to uh, these FPOs who can help us in expanding our services and making these uh, accessible and reachable to uh, many of these smallholder farmers. I'm, I'm always, I'm really looking forward to success of this. So when you talked about your footprint, it's in Uttar Pradesh and Bihar. So uh, uh, what are the next states and uh, where are you going next? Uh, there are many we are planning to, but uh, at present, looking at uh, the state, so definitely whenever we uh, install these sites, there is a site screening process we conduct. Uh, if electricity is already there, then definitely it might be a cheaper source of irrigation for the farmers who are present there uh, if the grid services are available. So we try to ex uh, explore the areas which are not flood prone which are, are not drought affected because the groundwater level might be too low for us to uh, go for these pumps so there are various criteria that we have to meet before we expand into another uh, geographies so our focus is more on um, making it reachable and accessible to the uh, customers or to the farmers who are presently in these states but yes we are open to look for new states as well so we have not firm up yet, but yes, we are trying to research into more states for our expansion. That's, um, yeah, I wish you good luck for that. And um, uh, I you. think we are coming towards the end of our podcast. So any final views you want to talk about uh, any, anything else? Uh, yeah, I may be just sharing uh, a little bit about our reach when we are talking about uh, the districts and states that we have. So. Uh, just a brief about uh, maybe a statistical uh, data about where, uh, how many pumps we have and how many mills we have. So okay. it's like we, yeah. Please. So, uh, yeah, sure. So it's like we have around 95 of our solar pumps and 14 uh, solar mills and three coal storages uh, operational in across these two states. Uh, with the help of this, we have been able to reach around 3,500 uh, farmers and the community members. And which is ultimately, if we say that agriculture is not, uh, you know, individual units, it's a family unit, because it's not just a farmer who is doing agriculture, but the whole family is involved into agriculture. So it's around, when we talk about this, we have been able to benefit around 22,000 of our uh, farm uh, farming community or the sm uh, smallholder farmers family or household in that sense. And that's the way we have been able to, uh, you know, avoid if we say that with this transition of uh, farmers using solar pump instead of diesel engine, then uh, our solar mills instead of uh, diesel mills. So with these services, we have been able to around, uh, you know, avoid around 189 tons of carbon emissions. So uh, that's the way when we're talking about the environmental impact we're trying to create from our services. So it's really interesting to see that while we are trying to make these services accessible, we are trying to make a behavioral change in these farmers. 
at the same time we are not just being social and uh, you know profitable aspect we are looking forward in our in enterprise but we're also looking for the environmental aspect that's the core of it so this is the way we are trying to create our impact and reduce the carbon footprint for both our organization and as well as the community we are working with so we believe that this is the way if we go ahead and keep on expanding our reach keep on reaching new customers new farmers uh, we'll be definitely able to bring a lot more positive change in the lives of these farmers and in environment at large so that's what i wish to add at last so uh, really appreciate you sharing your ideas sejal uh, this definitely the final uh, bit that you spoke about uh, uh creating an environmental impact uh, i also believe there is a big social impact here as well when uh, these 22000 and growing uh, customer base uh, looks at that uh, the impact created by new technology impact created by zero carbon technology in their lives and which are easily available and then people working to get them they'll definitely feel motivated and then will create newer and newer enterprises in that process so with that uh, final bit uh, i really appreciate you being at the uh, show and uh, looking forward to your success thank you sejan thank you so much vikas